0: The golden menorah of the Mishkan and of the Beis HaMikdash, as we know, was made out of a single block of gold that had to be hewn into shape. Nothing could be added on, screwed in, or welded on. The question is, what constitutes the menorah? Which parts of it had to be made out of that single block of gold? For example, the neros, the actual holders of the oil, were they or were they not part of that original single piece menorah? Ina ma'ivan ases haneris funde menorahs da machlokes in gemara. The gemara records a debate about those neros, those holders of the oil at the top of the menorah. Leitein dei zain neris given atel funde menorah. One view is that they were part of the menorah itself. valdos was the menorah daf sein miksha. Because the principle which teaches that the menorah had to be beaten out of a single piece of gold, or nitprokim mamish, are not pieces that were combined in one way or another. So, according to the first version of the Gemara, is kail oich The first opinion says that includes the, the holders of the actual oil and the lamps themselves. is, but then there's another opinion in the Gemara that says, no, as given abazunda zach von de menorah, that the lamps were actually independent of the menorah itself. Just before lighting the Menorah, they would place the lamps into the branches of the Menorah. And so therefore the process of how they cleaned out the Menorah was as a from the Menorah, that they would actually take the lamps off the Menorah, put them in the oil, clean them out, and then put them back and refill them. Okay, so the two opinions, are the lamps part of the Menorah or not? In the Gemara, Fabind es mit dem the Gemara links that to another debate, which is de Menorah, whether when the Torah tells us that Kik Zavtar Yasa Oiso, that the Menorah has to be made out of a single block of gold, as Kol HaKelim as well as all of these vessels. Does that include the lamps that they have to be out of that original block of gold? Only if given which would obviously mean then that they're also beaten into shape. Or only the menorah itself was made out of a single block of gold, but not the lamps. Only if which is why the lamps were not beaten; they were actually added in afterwards. Okay, so what do we do in practice? The Rambam tells us that practical halacha is if the menorah is made out of gold, says the Rambam, because there are possibilities if they couldn't afford it, they could make it out of other metals as well. But if it is made out of gold, then the entire thing has to be made out of a single block of gold, including the lamps that have to be beaten out of the same... Part of gold, and according to the Rambam, the lamps are fixed in the menorah and they're part of that original block of gold. Okay, so we've got two opinions in the Gemara, and the Rambam goes with a view that the lamps are part of a single unit of the menorah. Now, we've learned numerous times, that whenever Rashi comments on the Torah, he gives us the explanation that is closest to the simple understanding of the Pasuk. And sometimes that even means that what, Rambam, what Rashi is teaching us does not fit with the practical halacha. And that's exactly what we're going to see in how Rashi explains the structure of the Menorah and the design of the Menorah, where we'll see that his view does not fit with the Rambam's halachic view. Okay, so we already mentioned, based on the Gemara in Menorah, So the Gemara already associated whether the lamps of the Menorah had to be beaten out of the same piece of gold with the fact that they are, or um, mean, that they either are or are not part of the instruction that it has to be a single piece of gold. Um, when the Ramban sagt, look how the Ramban puts it, he tells us, and The Ramban says very clearly, everybody will agree that what has to come out of that single block of gold is whatever the Torah describes has to be beaten into the shape of the menorah. On the that's how he explains. us like the de as the and boys So the Ramban tells us something fascinating. We have two tools that are associated with the menorah called melkachaim and machtois. So if you have a look in the brisa, the brisa tells us that they are also part of that original block of gold. Therefore, the Ramban has a unique interpretation of what these tools are. The melkochayim and machtois are not independent tools that are used for the menorah, but they're actually part of the menorah. And therefore, they're part of the menorah. What are they? So he says, melkochayim are little lids that go on top of the lamps to make sure the oil doesn't get uh, contaminated by something falling into it. and the machtois, he says, are little... Uh, cup, uh, almost like surfaces underneath each lamp to collect any of the sparks that fall. So the rambanis of the view, that the Melkachayim and Machdas, are translated as parts of the menorah and they had to be beaten out of the same piece of gold. Rashi Abazok, now let's get to Rashi, who's the one we're going to focus on. When Rashi comments on the Torah telling us that it has to be made out of a single block of pure gold, he says, that when you take the manure with all of its components and put it together, the total size or weight of it should equal a kicker of gold. And fire them. And prior to that, <speaking in Hebrew> but he explains melkachayah <speaking in Hebrew> not like the Ramban that they're the lids on top of the lamps. Rather, says the little tongs that you use to remove the wicks. <speaking in Hebrew> and he says are <speaking in Hebrew> like little spoons, almost like little shovels, miniature shovels. So now Rashi is showing us something which we haven't yet seen in the Gemara or in the opinion of the Ramban and that is that there's a possibility that there are tools used for the menorah that are not part of the menorah yet they come out of that original golden block because there's a certain quantum of gold that is dedicated to the menorah and the Melkechemach, which according to Rashi are separate tools, have to come out of that same quantum of gold the Time so let's try and understand why Rashi says that, because the Piresha Poshut. First of all, Rashi, of course, as we know, is going to take the simplest explanation. So the simplest explanation for an Aleph, Mahto, those two tools, anywhere else that those words are used in Tanakh, is that there are always tools that are independent of where they are operating. So you never think of a spade or a spoon as being part of an object, you think of it as something you use with an object. And the same with tongues. In fact, we find Machtois is for sure in the context of the Mizbech, and we know that those are spades, shovels that are used independently of the Mizbech itself. They're not made out of stone like the Mizbech is. So that's the first thing that Rashi notes. Secondly, he tells us, The simplest understanding of the Prosak that says, a which is a quantity of gold, you should make all of the vessels, is as oiso di minera. The simplest explanation is that the Torah is telling us the minera itself, and all the tools associated with them all of those which are listed in the Pasuk they all have to be made out of that single block of gold that doesn't mean they all have to be hewn out of the single block of gold so Rashi is telling us something quite different to the Gemara where the Gemara said either everything's from the block and then it's all one piece or it's not all from the block and then it's independent pieces Rashi is saying it could all come from the block of gold and also include independent pieces so with that in mind, so therefore, Rashi is showing us that the concept of what has to be formed out of a single piece of gold is not naturally linked to how much gold is involved in the menorah. Therefore, Rashi's approach to saying the menorah has to come from this kicker of gold has no bearing on if it has to be beaten out of a single piece of gold because it's possible according to Rashi it could come from that original collection that was melted down into this kicker of gold and yet it could still be an independent tool. Now, at first glance it would appear, as by Now let's get to the crux of what we're going to discuss in the Sikha, and that is the lamps. So Rashi has clearly said the menorah has to be formed out of a single piece of gold, and the tools used for the menorah, like the little spoons and the tongs, they are from the same original Kikrozov, but they're not beaten out of the same piece. They are separate. Now what about the lamps? you would assume that Rashi's view is that the lamps are part of the menorah itself. Because when it says that you beat the menorah into shape, is Rashi says you shouldn't make it in segments. And you shouldn't make the branches and the lamps as separate separate pieces of the manure, which are subsequently fixed on, screwed in or welded on or whatever. Rather, it all comes out of a single piece. And the design is that you beat it in such a way that you forge the branches to go off in independent directions, but they come from a single piece of gold. So the fact that Rashi says you can't make the branches and the part that's relevant for our conversation right now the lamps, you cannot make them as separate limbs, so to speak, which you then affix to the menorah. It would sound like what Rashi is telling us is that the lamps of the menorah have to be beaten out of that original piece of gold together with the menorah. That's what we would think that Rashi is saying, and that would be, of course, aligned with the Rambam's view that if it's made out of gold, the Neros, the lamps, have to be beaten out of a single piece of gold. They cannot be separate. That's what you'd think. Aber kadai shapir. but when you really pay attention to what Rashi is telling us in context, it's not so clear that Rashi is telling us the lamps have to be part of the single piece of gold that makes the menorah. Because Rashi Zok all Rashi told us was, that the fact that you beat the menorah into its unique shape, is shailal as the menorah old nitzayin and fun yad became. All Rashi said that that excludes is separate pieces which are afterwards screwed together or welded together or affixed together to make a final product. What Rashi is highlighting over there is that the finished product of the menorah cannot be a whole lot of pieces that are put together. And Rashi says in that context, just like the branches of the menorah obviously cannot be separate pieces that are then connected to the central stem of the menorah. So likewise, Rashi is telling us the lamps don't get attached to the menorah. Because if the lamps are attached to the menorah, stuck to the menorah, then the menorah is made out of pieces. But the question of whether the lamps are in fact independent pieces that are not part of the menorah, that's a different question. They're just things that you place on top of the of the branches when you need to light them. Rashi, is not talking about that. In is is to the It's quite possible that you could have a menorah that is absolutely and completely whole. And then you have lamps that are added to the whole menorah. Rashi doesn't tell us either way. That's why when you look at the end of Rashi's commentary, he no longer speaks about the lamps. When he's speaking about the single menorah, he only speaks about the branch because the branches are part of the single menorah and it is possible that the lamps are actually independent and they're put on top. They're not attached to. They're put on top of the branches and then you could have a menorah that's made out of a single block and still have independent Neros. Okay, so we don't know. Where exactly does Rashi, how exactly does Rashi see the neros? Because it's not absolutely clear in Rashi which way he holds, that the lamps are part of the original menorah block that's shaped, or that they are, they are uh, appendages that are added on later but not attached. And Rashi doesn't Tell us that he's unsure of what it is. Which Rashi is not afraid to do. If there's lack of clarity in the Psuk, he'll tell us. I don't know how you're supposed to interpret it. So if Rashi doesn't tell us clearly and he doesn't say that he's unsure, well then we have to say, as in Limit Apshat, it must be that if you're learning the Psukim at the simplest level, it must be so obvious where the narrows fit into the picture. In his so Rashi doesn't even have to get into the details and tell us because we should be able to work it out just from reading the, the psukim. So let's work out what do the psukim tell us about the status of these Nehru lamps. Are they part of the menorah or are they added onto the menorah when needed? Slebirindam. The say and the Parash of Hamenorah is let's look at the order of how we're told the instructions to make the Menorah and that will help us understand where the menorahs fit in. This is how it goes. the first thing the Torah tells us, Menorah Zahav Goimer, you should make a golden Menorah, Miksha Goimer, it has to be beaten into shape, and that includes Okay, the, the various components of the actual menorah itself, the stem, and the designs, etc., are all from that block of gold. Then the Torah tells us how they should look and and how they should be made on his Messiah. And then he concludes, That all these buttons and flowers or whatever have to be out of that single piece of gold all a single piece of gold that has been shaped into the menorah's unique shape. After having told us all of the details of what the design of the menorah includes and reiterating twice that it's made out of a single piece of gold, after that, it says, You're supposed to make the seven lamps that go at the top. And the various tools, the tongues and the spoons. And all of that comes out of a single amount of gold, a kikar of gold. The same thing happens in Pashas Vayakal, where the Torah recaps how everything was actually done. <coughs> there too, the Torah presents them in this particular order. Now, look at the order. The fact that the instruction to make the lamps of the menorah the is specifically, is specifically um, listed after we're told all of the very intricate details of how you make and design the menorah. And and after telling us that the whole thing has to be beaten out of a single piece of gold, that implies that the simplest understanding of the Pesukim, which is Rashi's approach, clearly the lamps are separate. They don't belong to the actual menorah itself. That's why they're listed and discussed after all of the intricate details of the menorah and the instruction to make it out of a single block of gold. So, so they must fit into a similar category to the tongues and to the spoons, which are the next thing on the list, separate from the menorah itself. So that would be the pshat, and therefore Rashi doesn't have to tell us that the nerahs are not part of the menorah because it's pretty obvious from the psukim. Noch ivdem, and we can corroborate that with the second proof. In Parasha's Pekudei, the final Parasha of the Book of Shmois Mishkan where the Torah describes how they presented all the components of the Mishkan in front of Moshe state, there the Pasak says, es that they presented the pure Menorah, Es Neyo and its lamps. So if logically we agree that the lamps are not part of the actual menorah itself, but rather they're appendages that are put on top, well then we understand why the Torah separates them. They brought the menorah to Moshe and then they brought the lamps to Moshe. That wouldn't make sense whereas if you had wanted to argue that the lamps are part of that actual original structure the singular structure of the manure it wouldn't make any logical sense to say they brought most of the menorah and they brought the lamps you're not going to say they brought the menorah and its flowers or and its stem because if the, the, the lamps were part of the menorah as soon as you brought the menorah you brought the lamps as well exactly as we wouldn't say that you brought the menorah with all of its designs so it would seem very clear that the pshat of the pasuk is that the neros, the lamps of the menorah are not part of the actual body of the menorah they are technically separate Rashi therefore doesn't have to tell us about it because it's self-evident that would then show us that Rashi's view is that the lamps of the menorah are not included in the parts of the menorah that have to be beaten out of a single piece of gold. That, With that information in mind, we can clarify certain things about what Rashi says here. that don't seem to be absolutely clear. And comparing to what Rashi says in Vayakl, which also doesn't seem to be absolutely clear, which has noted um, the, the Parashah Vayakl, is where the Torah reviews all of the details of constructing the mishkan. So in Pasuk, in the Pasuk there, in, in Vayakl, where it says, It says that they, they made the menorah and its vessels and its lamps. So Rashi quotes the word Seho and his explains that In old French, it's called Luzinich or Seiluzei or something like that. My French is not very good. And he explains, They're like little spoons that you put the oil and the wicks into. So, It's the actual lamps themselves. So it's not doesn't seem to make sense. Number one, Alefdi Vertes Unser Parasha. in our parasha, when it uses the term lamps, which is the first time we use the word lamps, usually Rashi will explain something that needs to be explained the first time that it appears. Rashi, Rashi says, they're like little spoons, little concave containers that you use to put in the oil and the, the uh, wicks. Seif Rashi already explained what neiros are in our Parsha. Why does he have to re-explain it again in Parsha Svayakal? We know what it is, not odd. We know what a lamp looks like, what a, an oil container looks like. To me is noch the truth is it's an even stronger question when you consider Rashi says near the beginning of Parashas Vayakel which is mit a few Psukim before he talks about the Menorah I don't have to re-explain everything about the Mishkan because I already explained it when it was all instructed i.e. in our parasha high timer for which reason That's why Parashas VaYakil. You know when you get to that part of Khitas, there's barely any Rashi because he barely comments on anything because he's already explained it before. Unless there's something unique in Parashas VaYakil that gives us insight about the mishkan that we would not have known from Parashas Truma or Tzeva because he relies on the fact that he's explained it before so if that's the case if in our parasha Rashi has already explained what Neros are little concave containers for oil and wicks why explain it again and the final question that is why does Rashi begin his explanation by giving us the French equivalent of what Neros are because If we need the French, why there? Doesn't seem to make sense. If to use the word bazichen, which is spoons, is not enough to explain to us what neiros are, and you need the French in order to clarify, Then Rashi should have used the French as part of his explanation and definition the very first time he spoke about lamps, which is in our parasha. But he doesn't. So that would seem to imply that you don't need the French, because he didn't mention it in our parasha. So if you don't need the French, because it's good enough just to tell us that they're little concave containers, for why use the French in parashas vayakel. To understand all of that we're going to pay attention to one other nuance in Rashi's explanation or just by way of introduction before we get to that The Rebbe has told us so many times that every word even letter in Rashi is absolutely precise you'll notice something Rashi does over here that doesn't seem to be right as from not only is Rashi so precise in the words he uses in his commentary, but even the words that he chooses to use as the heading of his Rashi are also very carefully chosen. One place where you really see it stand out how careful Rashi is, and how specific Rashi is in the words that he chooses, how precise the heading he uses is. Isn't the Maybnamantu Pirashashi isn't the one we're looking at now? Because in the Pasikana Pasak said Ves ve Manora Samor that they brought in front of Mosheinu the Manorah that gives light, ve es and its vessels, Ves ve Nereseho, and its lamps, Vesham Amor, and the oil that was used. Shaibra Shri under Dibra maschil. So it, it, to, to comment on this pasuk, Rashi used three different divraya maschah, three different headlines, and he explains three different components of the pasuk. Look what he does. Aleph, ve'eskeh he quotes, quotes those two words, he says, what's ve'eskeh Melkachaim the spoons and the tongues. then he says lamps, l'tzaynesh v'chole where he says that, that in old French it's whatever, these lamps and their concave containers. Gimel V's Amor and the illuminating oil. A Futsar Chachmelev explains that it also needed special uh, artisans, people who really knew what they were doing to produce. You look at the three Dibra Maschil and you see a very clear distinction between them. In the one quoting Kalim and the one quoting the oil, Rashi quotes the full phrase that's used in the Pasuk including the word Ves. The whereas in the second of our the one that's relevant to us, the one where he talks about the lambs, is a matik there Rashi only quotes the word of the lambs, and he leaves out the word and you have to wonder why Rashi is so precise. Now that we know that Rashi argues that the lamps of the menorah were not beaten out of a single piece of gold along with the rest of the menorah, rather they were appendages added as and when needed, that will help us to explain it. Because Rashi's opinion is that the lamps are not part and parcel of the menorah, Darfman zoginas, wenn de Pasak zogt kikar yase oysah, es kol koy kalim then we'll have to say that when the pasak tells us that kikar, the quantum of gold that is used, includes all of these kalim, zain dineris nichlan nit in oysoh di menora, nor in kolha kalim ho' Then you'd have to say that it's kikar yase oy the menorah itself is made out of the kikar. And the kalim are made out of the kikar. The lamps belong in a category called kalim. The lamps are not part of the menorah. They're part of the vessels of the menorah or working with the menorah. Now you come to Parashas Vayakel Knowing that Rashi's view Is that the lamps belong To the accessories of the menorah Not to the menorah itself Now you come to Vayakel And you seem to have a problem Because It distinguishes the lamps From the kalim You should have a question You should have a question so, if it already uses the word kalim, and Rashi's view is that the lamps belong to the kalim of the menorah, so you already said ves kaleho. Why do you have to say and also ves ne re So, Rashi's got to answer that. And the way he does it is so Rashi has to explain. Kaleho in this passage refers to Melchachim Those are the tongues and the little scoops that are used in the menorah. And then the next thing Rashi does is, after telling us what the Kalim are, he then quotes the word Nehre Seha. He leaves out the word VS. Why does he do that? Because Rashi wants to highlight for us, as we have learned in Pasakil, VSV. Because Rashi says in order to understand this Pasuk correctly you have to learn it as if the word VS was not there in the Pasuk. Why not? Because actually, the lamps are incorporated in V'S right? If it's V'S Kaleho, V'S Nehreiseho, it sounds like the Neros, the lamps, are separate from the Kaleem. So Rashi pretends that the word V'S isn't there to show us that actually Neros are a subsection of the kelim. The says the peers from Possek is, "Weskeler, was zeine Malkhaim macht is In other words, the Possek saying, "You had the menorah and then you had the kelim, which include Malkhaim and machtis under the word kelim and Neris under the word Neris." Now you are going to ask, "Why do that?" Split the cop and it verständlich, for was daft the Possek takka is the Neris from zwischen the kelim menorah? Why in effect would the Torah distinguish the lamps from the other kelim if after all the lamps are considered kelim? Rashi answers that by giving us the French. Why is the French relevant? from the word because that word Lucinish or whatever the correct French pronunciation is, is a word that actually means light, luz or something to that effect. On the So why would the lamps not only be? Containers for oil that gives light, but they would be given a name that represents light. Rashi explains the reason that they deserve that the word neir. Neir means source of light, is because they are the containers that you put the oil and the wicks in. These neiros actually express the purpose of the menorah, which is to illuminate. Without these lamps, the menorah is just an artifact. So, and lichtigkeit. The goal of the menorah is to generate light. How do you generate light? Well, you've got to have these containers that you put the oil into, and then you put the wicks into, and then you light. And therefore, this is Rashi's point. Because the lamps are, yes, appendages to the menorah, but they are integral to the menorah, fulfilling its purpose that's why they deserve their own mention they can't just be generically incorporated in the term uh, in the term uh, uh, kalim because kalim doesn't tell us what the purpose is by highlighting yes they're not part of the menorah yes they are part of the kalim but they have to get their own attention because they bring the menorah to its fruition